The following audio brought to you by TSF Entertainment Podcast may contain graphic descriptions of violence and or audio clips of violence or sexual explicit events. Listener's discretion is advised. And welcome back to the TSF Entertainment Channel. It's your boy Retro CG, and I am joined tonight by Miss Really B TV in the house. What's up? What's going on? How you doing? I'm all right. How's your week going so far? Long. Oh my gosh, I'm tired. <laughs> I know. Like today is Wednesday. Like I know when it Thursday. needs to be Friday. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm ready for the weekend. <laughs> All right, so tonight we are here to talk about The Best Man, The Final Chapters, Episode 4. It's titled The Invisible Man. Uh, Real quick before I hit us with the intro, what was your first thoughts? I mean, it was cool. I mean, I'm starting to see where some of this stuff is going, or at least I feel like I see where some of this stuff is going, but... Are you enjoying so far? Yeah, I am. I really am. I'm enjoying it so far. Like I said, I, I think I see where some of these storylines are going. So, you know, we have to see if I'm right or see where I think it's going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with that. But I'll save my thoughts to after the intro. I'm going to go ahead and hit you with those with that intro real quick, and we'll be back to talk about this episode. So, uh, as far as my thoughts are concerned, I am enjoying where we're going. Um, uh, overall, I think the writers are doing a good job with the pacing of the show, especially because it's eight episodes. So, they're giving us time to kind of get reintroduced to the characters. They're giving us time to kind of figure out what storylines that we're going to care about the most. So, they're really taking their time with that. On some other storylines, I kind of feel like they may should have saved for the latter part of the season. Um, so the episode starts off with, um, um, well, in the last episode, we learned that Lance wanted to go back and start playing professional football again. And, you know, the the, the sports talkers are ripping him apart. <laughs> He's 48 years old. It's like he does not need to be playing ball again or whatever the case may be. So you have mixed reviews. You have mixed opinions. You know, some are pro for him going back and trying it out again. Others are like, nah, you need to hang this up. Like, you know. Well, I think, I think most people, I mean, I think the biggest person, I mean, the, the, the person that was the most in his corner was like, like give him a chance. Don't just write yeah. him off without we without seeing what he could do. I don't know if anybody was like, yes. <laughs> I think most people, you know, I think the, the, that one guy that was like, just give him a chance. You know? Right. Give, 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 give him a chance. Let's see what he's going to do. Um, right. So this episode right here, just by when it, the way it started off, I knew that we were going to spend a lot of time with Lance in this episode 
which that was good because we hadn't spent much time with him his character other than seeing him bed hopping with all the different women that he's been with um since the um wedding episode so we knew that uh we're going to spend a little time with lance speaking of lance uh the next scene goes to his son that's getting ready for the day and he's packing up a bag and lance walks in on him and you could immediately see that you know he's uncomfortable like dad why don't you knock before you come in you know lance thinks that he's going through you know uh that stage where you know he's getting older and you know he's probably um you know uh interested and you know messing around with some girls or whatever the case may be but we later on find out that that's not mm -hmm. the case but um you know they have a, a bit of a conversation well, not, necessarily, not necessarily not the case that's not necessarily that's true not that's true case. that's true that's true that's true that's true so true um lance gives him a pair of sneakers <laughs> and like uh you know he invited him to come down today and you know kind of watch him and um hang out on the field you know as he's doing his conditioning and you know just trying to get back into whether or not he's going to be able to do this and um lj which is his son's name lance jr um, tells him where well, dad I got a commitment with Jordan that you know today's the day I go do my intern and you've always told me not to bail on my commitment so you know later for that but I'm going down here to uh, Jordan's job and hang out with her today and so we see him you know finish packing up his bag and immediately we get a clue as to uh, he wants to dress a little differently today as opposed to wearing his school uniform because remember in the last episode, Jordan told him that you know you don't have to come in your school uniform. You know you can ca dress casual, or whatever. Case. Right. So we, like we you can know wear whatever that. you want. Yeah, she said you can wear whatever you want. So we see that you know he's going to go in um, in in a different outfit today. So we'll later on talk about that as we get to that scene. Next, we see Quentin is meeting with some prospective buyers. Uh, we knew that he was struggling, that his family business was kind of struggling a little bit since the whole pandemic. And um, there's uh, maybe an investment group. It wasn't really clear, a consortium, maybe our investment group or something, or another competitor hotel chain wants to make him an offer, not just for the hotel in Manhattan, um, but for the entire family business. And um, judging by his reaction and the uh, potential buyer's reaction, it seems like it's a pretty large offer that they're offering him. So we see that Quentin has kind yeah. of transitioned into the management role, uh, managing the day-to-day -day, uh, activities and operations for the family business. And we later on learn in this episode that, you know, his father is beginning to have some, uh, I'm not going to say debilitating, but, you know, having some, uh, health issues that is affecting his work and his decision making in the business. So we see that Quentin has kind of stepped up and um, probably uh, maybe acting as COO, perhaps, or CFO, maybe, uh, in some type of executive level position in the hotel. Uh, what are your thoughts so far? Um, I have a question for you as a sneakerhead. How'd you like those sneakers that, um, that last gave his son you know they were air force one so you know they should have been jordan's but oh, not yeah. really <laughs> not really your thing not really your thing okay 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 so um 
I mean, I'm, look, again, like, I'm going to support, you know. What'd you say? I said, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to say something to me about those sneakers. Ask you about the sneakers? <laughs> I mean, I can't help it. Look behind you. I can't help but ask you about sneakers. Um, but is it? <laughs> it's a green screen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, so far, so good. I mean, I, I, I knew this whole land situation. I just didn't see it. I didn't see it being pretty. I didn't even know he was as old as that. I didn't know he was 48. Um, I, but but what I predicted is what ended up happening, which, you know, I was like, okay, I got that one right. Because a lot of these I ain't getting right, but I got that one right. Um, that was kind of obvious. Other than that, that, I mean, you know, Quentin. Yeah. Um, you know, Quentin, um, you know, being, you know, he was, I remember him saying this could create generational wealth. So that lets you know that it is a very lucrative offer. If he's talking about his his mother's kids would be good. Um, and the father is adamant. And I understand, I mean, I know we're getting into the storyline that his father has is dealing with some other, like maybe some health issues and maybe just being lonely as well. I, I feel like there's some loneliness in there as well. But some of what he said, I understood. He was like, look, you know, like, like I them from the dirt. You know, and it's hard. You know, you you inherited it. I built it. So for you, it's real easy for you to sell it off. But it's not. You're not just selling off. It's not an acquisition. You know, this is my blood, sweat, and tears. This is my life's work. So I understand where the dad's coming from, but I definitely understand where, where Quentin is coming from. I see it from his point of view as well. You know. So. Yeah, and for me, I'm, I'm kind of torn between the middle because you're right. That is his blood, sweat, and tears. That has been his lifelong work, his legacy. But at the same time, this is what you work for. You built up a business now that someone wants to sell it. And now it's a situation where not only you can retire and, and be comfortable, but the rest of your family can be comfortable and not have to work as hard as you did to enjoy the fruits of your labor. So uh, we know that the father is probably not going to be uh, ideal on wanting to sell the uh, business. And he may change his mind later on, um, but we'll see. Um, we spent a little time with Quentin and um, Merch, which I really appreciate their scenes because it's, it's very nostalgic, even back to the movies. You know, they always had their little sideline conversations. You know, they always spent time together and kind of talked about what was going on in each other's lives and talked about what was going on with the rest of the group. So I really appreciate seeing them. And they were kind of having, like, um, uh, maybe brunch. And they uh, they had their girls they there. Might, so yeah, I really brunch or tea. Yeah, they yeah. had the girls and they were all dressed up. So, that, yeah. Yeah. Because at first I thought it was at a tea room, but I think they were at maybe one of his properties. I think they may, may maybe been at one of his hotels or something. Yeah, they probably um, were at one of his properties. Mm -hmm. Shelby comes in. Well, he he tells Merch about um um you know how Shelby is just <laughs> overly aggressive. <laughs> She's overly aggressive and wanting to have sex every five minutes. <laughs> And she's wearing him out. Time. She's wearing him out. Wearing him out. He's like, I need a little blue pill. Like, I need, I need some help here. 
she came in. But uh, another thing we learned in this uh, conversation, and we uh, I feel like we when Quentin and Merch have conversations, I feel like we always learn something um, about one of the two in the conversation. In this conversation, we start to really see where Merch is at, where he's becoming a little um, like unsure of what direction he wants to go in. Maybe career-wise, maybe in his life, you know. And Quinn suggested him that you know you need to get a, you need to find a new purpose. You know, you need to get a hobby or something. Find something to do that makes you happy, that makes you feel complete. So I think of the, uh, the remaining episodes, we're going to go on that journey with Merch to see what's going to unfold for him next. Because you can kind of see even in the previous episodes that he's kind of like in limbo right now. Not knowing what he wants to do, maybe career-wise. I don't necessarily think there's issues in the marriage, but definitely issues with him personally. Like, you know, what am I going to do with myself? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Shelby, I mean, I agree. So, I just feel like that's what he is. Yeah, he's kind of hit like this brick wall a little bit, and he needs his bounce back. So we, I think we're going to spend a little time with him while he's working on his bounce back. Uh, Shelby comes in and you know she kind of dressed in old black trench coat <laughs> with a pair of dark shades and a hat on. Like, come on, you know what time it is. <laughs> right, let's go. Right, right. You know what's up. <laughs> uh, uh, we spent a lot of time with the daughter in this episode too. Uh, what What was your opinion of her? Seems a little Ooh, sassy. You know what? That threw me yeah. off. They They turned her into a whole brat. Right, I, she's a she's a whole spoiled brat. That's one of the issues. And that I'm kind of I'm okay with them doing that with her character because I think that's realistic. But I was really shocked. I, I thought they would keep her the sweet, you know, all oh, the sweet. But they turned her into a whole, you know, manipulating um, the two of them against each other, which is very dangerous, very dangerous. And Shelby, surprisingly, Shelby is like, like no, she needs to understand the the importance of a dollar like no we're not gonna just give her chanel bags and louis vuitton and do this just because she's gotta she's gotta understand you know it's worth and she's gotta earn these things like i don't mind i don't mind rewarding but and she's letting q know like you can't just give her everything she wants but she got him wrapped around her pinky that was very surprising that was actually the opposite of what i expected when i saw what direction we was going with that story I thought it was going to be more uh, Quentin that was going to want to be the disciplinary as far as the money was concerned versus Shelby. But Shelby was definitely, yes, I, I really like the direction they're going with her character. I really like where they're taking her character. Yeah. It's like a, a total 360. It's a total 360. She was like, uh, no, you don't need to be out here. She's playing you. Like, you don't need to be out here buying her those type of bags because she doesn't know the value of a dollar. And she doesn't know what it takes to earn that kind of money to spend on an item like that. So I, I really appreciated those moments and those and scenes. I told her no. Right. And I told her no. She doesn't get to yes. go to you because she didn't like the end. I forgot about that part because initially she had asked Shelby for the bag and Shelby said no. And Shelby recognized her with the bag and said, isn't that the bag I told you that you couldn't get? And she's like, oh, Q bought it for me. Exactly. So I, I like the fact and that she I, I find that interesting that she doesn't call him dad. 
Um, but do you find that interesting that she doesn't call him dad? Yeah, because I, I think it goes back to what we were saying in the episode when we learned that uh, he was her father. There still hasn't, it's, to me, it seems like there hasn't been any processing. There hasn't been any, let's sit down and talk about this type of thing. To me, it almost feels like Kennedy still looks at him as Uncle Q. And that's her father. So I really wish that they show us going forward. Well, I just find that interesting that they didn't establish that. I think I that's going to be addressed. That they didn't establish. I think that's going to be addressed. I think at some point, because well, we got four more episodes to go at this point, I think at some point that's going to be addressed. To me, I feel like that's an Easter egg. I feel like they dropped that because she kept referring to him okay. throughout this episode as Q. So I think at some point, but I just I feel like I, I just feel like the time I don't I don't know I, I feel like that should have already been addressed though like why haven't they addressed it? I agree. They've been married for like what five years at this point. If you knew on your wedding night, that's something that should have been addressed. And I understand. I remember when she said, "Didn't she say get slow or something like that?" But I mean, five years—that's really slow. I I agree. I, I agree. I think at this point. They they should have addressed it, even if they addressed it in a flashback, or even if they had just addressed it by Q and her having a conversation about the bag. And you know, I could see him make maybe making a comment like, you know, uh I, I bought you this bag because I was trying to make up for the time that I didn't have with you. Um, that I when I didn't know that I was your father. They could have addressed that in so many different ways where there was some type of processing or or uh, the fact that you know she refers to him as Q still, and that's your father. Like that's not even your stepfather; that's your whole father. Like the fact that she doesn't call him dad, I think that's crazy too. Yeah, I thought that was real crazy. Um, who you're gonna have to help me through this next scene? White privilege, Miss Karen and his cow. I was so pissed at this scene. Every bit of it. And I felt merch. I truly put myself in his shoes because he was really unclear on how to handle that situation. He did not know how to right. handle the situation. One, he had his daughters with him. One, Absolutely. one of the daughters has an anxiety problem. So he was trying not to make the situation you know, blow up into something big and then his daughter has to deal with that, with the anxiety. And then, of course, he's a black man dealing with two cops. So Merch and his daughters are leaving the uh, the hotel or brunch and they flag a cab. The daughter clearly gets in the cab first and sits down. And here comes a white lady and a dog on the opposite side of the street and gets into the other side of the cab screaming and hollering this is my cab this is my cab you took my cab don't try to scare me he's trying to touch me don't touch me don't hurt me oh that's the one that gets me that what gets me is when you see white women use what they know it's that white woman tears it's the white woman battle cry because it's you know oh he's trying to touch me oh he's attacking me no he's not y'all fighting over a cab it is what it is, okay? Y'all fighting over a cab. But when, when you turn on the white woman tears, knowing knowing that you're going to get a reaction and knowing how dangerous that could be. Like you said, I felt merch because there's no, 
there really is no right answer to that. It re- and it's hard as a, like you said, as a man in front of your children, you don't want to look like a punk, but you also don't want to get killed either or yeah. beat up or arrested or in front of your children more, right. or embarrassed even more when the police punk you. Like you, you, it's a thin, it's a, it's a very thin line that you have to figure out how to walk. And I felt him in that moment. And honestly, I think the lesson that has to be taught in that situation with his daughters is sometimes you just got to walk away Mm -hmm. because sometimes you're in a position where you don't win. Like even if he had gotten the cab, the damage had already been done in the middle of the street crying talking about all oh, this big black man like wh- you don't you still don't win even when you win you don't win mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah i felt bad for him because the rest of the episode he sort of struggled with that decision but honestly i i, I think he I, made the best decision for him i think he made the best decision based on the circumstance now if he was alone maybe yeah but at the end of the day is like you said and you said it perfectly in how i'm imagining it if it was me in the situation there is no, you, there's no winning in this situation. There is no walk away from no, this situation and you win. Um, because if he would have continued to fight for the cab, he could have probably gotten tased, arrested, you know, uh, yeah. taken down to the ground. You know, he would have gotten physically accosted by the cops. And one of the cops was, you know, like, look, dude, it's just a cab. It's, it's a bunch of cabs. It's New York. Just let the lady have a cab. She's all upset. He's like, I'm upset. You know, this is my cab. I'm the fair. And then the other cop, you saw the other cop immediately start getting aggressive. And I'm like, okay, at this point, it's time to back down, Merch. It's, yeah, it's and, that's, to- and that's what I'm saying. Like, what do you do to that? Yeah, it's time to back down. It's time to walk away. You know what? I'll call it Uber. No biggie. Thanks. Sorry. Sorry to inconvenience you. You know, and walked away from that. But you are absolutely right. Through the rest of this episode, he struggled with that. Even when he saw the lady again later on in the episode, she was at a restaurant having uh, lunch with some of her friends. You see all these different scenarios play in his mind on how he was, wants to confront her. And, you know, again. And all of those scenarios in his mind in the same way. Yep. Of him being the aggressor. Exactly. Somehow it flipping on him. Yep. So again, even in that situation, again, he makes the best decision and keep on walking by. And so it, it just it just brings us back to the reality of the situation is that no matter how well you dress, no matter how well you speak, because he wasn't aggressive with her. He didn't raise his voice with her. He didn't use any foul right. language with her. They were all dressed nicely. He was dressed nicely. His daughters were dressed nicely. Yes. So it doesn't matter how you present you're still going to be looked at as this is a person that's going to do some do some harm to me or take something from me or try to attack me or whatever the case may be so that is a real life struggle as a black man as a black person especially when you're living in a city like that in an area like that maybe manhattan or whatever the case may be they already look at us like we don't belong there they already look at the fact that if we are there we're doing something we ain't got no business doing is while we're there maybe we're like in tribeca or something i don't know but um i I really felt for merch in that scene i really felt for that that was a very powerful scene and that goes back to uh the writers i think the writers are doing a very good job with actually incorporating Mm -hmm. real life issues 
into the series like these were things that we didn't see in the previous movies but these are real life everyday issues that we're seeing even with the issues in the marriages these are real life issues and i, I think the writer is doing a very good job uh showing us that uh he gets home and um candace is working on her dissertation still and um you know the girls are kind of like arguing with each other about one of the daughters like well dad did what he was supposed to do did the right thing what what did you want him to do get shot you know so the girls are kind of arguing back and forth about it they run upstairs slam the door and candace is like well wait a minute what's going on you know he's trying to explain to her like look we made it home alive and he's right. like you're not being funny like you know, we made it out this situation and so right then to that yeah. point i wish that they would have had candace really kind of focus in on that and bring that support in for merch because sometimes we as black men when we go through situations like that we don't really have anyone to turn to the process that with because he was struggling with it he saw how it affected his daughters so at that point i think it would have been good if candace would have just spent a little time with him and like you know what you did the right thing you know you made it home. I'm glad you guys are safe or whatever. It just kind of, you know, get him out of that funk that he was in because sometimes when you have to live with those type of decisions and that keeps playing, those scenarios keep playing in your mind, it festers. And it it, it builds up a hatred. It builds up uh, a retaliation that the next time you encounter someone like that, you're going to take that frustration out on them because you missed the opportunity with the person that initially brought you to that breaking point. So I really wish they would have allowed Candace to uh, spend a little time with him and, you know, and just kind of like, you know, calm him down off of that situation because those situations tend to linger when things like that happen when we're dealing with white privilege. Yeah. Um, so her advisor is uh, tearing up her paper and um, she's struggling with trying to... Uh, Get her research together and figure out what direction she's going to go with this paper because the writer i mean the advisor has kind of like you know torn it apart so now she's trying to figure out you know what can she do i think is this at the point where she starts contemplating that she wants to get a new advisor well i'm not sure she she rolls up on the guy um the professor you know clearly he's a very respected professor she rolls up on him um she was that's the guy she whose class she was trying to get into and she wants no, him to okay. look over and then once he gives her some good feedback then she asks if he could be her advisor and he's a little hesitant because he said listen i'm not going to be any easier i mean she's still my colleague like i you know i know she could be a hard ass but i really don't want to step on her toes kind of thing but she, he does ultimately agree to be her advisor um and i don't know what it is about this professor i just i'm getting bad vibes I'm getting bad vibes. I'm getting, bad, I'm, I'm getting bad vibes about him too. Either my prediction is either a he's going to steal her research, that's and what take I'm credit thinking. for it, or he's going to try to come on to her. But one of those two, I, I just something. I'm with you. Something he ain't, it ain't sitting right with me. It ain't sitting right. I, I, his energy, especially when they she had a like. Uh, what was the whole party for? What was the party for? Was it kind of like a little? The mix party was a, it was a fun for their school. I mean, they invited him because you know. You know, because of the whole advisor thing, but the party was already planned. It was a fundraiser for the school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
because I felt like at that party we started to see a little bit more of his true colors and basically he's basically telling Merch that listen you got to play the game even when you don't want to play the game you got to play the game to get what you want out of them or you have to play the game in order for you to be respected by them so uh, he was kind of it was kind of you know going back to the whole situation with Merck and what he had went through or whatever the case may be but I feel like you are absolutely right either he's going to steal her research and take credit for her or he's going to try to come on to her I absolutely agree with that Speaking yeah. of uh, coming on, we see that uh, Demetrius, in a very stalkerish way, <laughs> at five thirty in the morning, <laughs> you would know. You would recognize stalking. Go ahead and say it. You would recognize stalking. I said it. You would know. No, I wouldn't know anything about being a stalker. I know about being stalked. Um. But uh, in a very stalkerish way, Dimitri shows up outside of... Shut up. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> in a very stalkerish way, Dimitri shows up outside of uh, Jordan's place at 5.30 in the morning with coffee. Like, what coffee shop is open at 5.30 in the morning? And, and he's like, you got 56 minutes available in your schedule. Come take a ride with me. Yeah, that he had like talked to her assistant and knew what I was like like this is this okay so the idea of that was very romantic right you're gonna come and whisk me away I know you're a busy woman I made sure that there was some time on your schedule that would have been very romantic um I think but it came off a little bit much so soon and I, think and I understand that they do have a past I understand that they used to date but again we're not like that bruh like we're not there like I just reconnected with you down to the bar a, a week ago. Like we're not at the point where I need you clearing my schedule so I can watch the sunrise with you. Like again, do I think that watching that that your the person you're dating showing up for a surprise is romantic? Yes. Do I think that watching the sunrise just to take a few minutes of the day? Great. Do I think that him knowing the exact way you like your coffee or tea is 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 cute? Yep, all of the above. But I think all of it at one time was a lie. And I think that's the way they showed her processing it. I think even for us as the audience, it came off as a bit much. I think for her, it came off as a bit much too. She's like, uh, how do you even know where I live? And the fact right. that you know like, my whole schedule. How do you know where I live? You called my sister. My assistant gave you information that they probably shouldn't have gave you. Like, it's a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. And not only that, but you also gave my assistant directions. Or print her emails out for her and have them for her so she can have this extra time. Like, uh, okay. So for that reason right there, I feel like this character is going to be a bit of a problem too. Mm -hmm. um, and we see him in uh, um later part of the episode, which I have questions for you about because I really didn't understand what his beef was with Harper. But um, yeah, I think that this Demetrius character is going to end up, because she, she said it before, and I think she even said it in this episode, like, you fucked me over last time we dealt with each other so she's very hesitant reticent about you know getting back involved with him again as she should and so with this type of behavior that he's showing us right now at the very beginning tells me that he's a little bit controlling maybe and may come across a little possessive maybe maybe not in an abusive way but just thinking that you know i got money i'm a businessman you're a possession it's a lot 
and we know that Jordan is not that type of woman, and we know that Jordan is not that type of woman, so she ain't going for that. She ain't gonna go for that. She like, uh, okay, uh, yeah, I'm not finna drink this coffee or eat this breakfast. <laughs> Don't drink the coffee. <laughs> he spiked it. <laughs> uh, Terry Silver, you're a creep. <laughs> uh, we see Candace and um, Robin are spending a little moments together, and I really like scenes with them too because I think I said it in the last episode because they were the last two that came into the circle. They've kind of built their own friendship within the circle with the two of them. So they kind of are each other's support system, confidants, or whatever the case may be. But we're starting to see where Robin is headspace is now. We're starting to see where Robin's headspace is right now. She's still on this journey to be this. I really don't know how to describe Robin and her her ambitions right now. Uh she definitely has ambitions. Uh she wants to be uh uh, very much involved in the community. Uh, she wants to be very much involved with uh, maybe... She want to be very much involved, involved. Involved, yeah. I think she wants to transition her cooking more into more organic sources, maybe, or more mm-hmm. uh, on the ground type stuff, you know, with the herbs and spices. Her- All right. Yeah, and we find out that her, her new produce guy, she kind of has a little thing for her. Um, well, she's very, she's overly complimenting about him. Yeah, so to me, very inappropriate like, with him. I thought so too. I thought so too. I thought so too. To be a married woman, yeah. and so did, um, and, and so did Regina. She was like, "You better watch that. Like that's that's a lot going on right here. You better watch it." Yep. And the fact that the dude was nice looking, like you know that that's like that's dangerous for you because you already seen it for the dude. You know, maybe you need to kind of put some distance between you and this dude, you know, because you're like, how often do you come down here to this market? <laughs> you know, you guys are on a first name basis. Re- right, because here's here's the reality. The reality is, and I tell I tell my students this all the time, you can't control how you feel, you can control what you do. Yeah. So it's okay to find this man attractive. It's okay to even have a little bit of a crush on them, right? Because you're married, you're not dead. But what you then are responsible for doing is not putting yourself in a situation that could possibly compromise you. So maybe you don't go and buy the produce. Maybe you send one of your assistants. Like he's a great, like he's got good produce, and and that's that's fine. Don't punish him because of that. But maybe you want the one to go see him on a regular basis, at least until. You can maybe get your, because, you know, we have a crush, and then after a couple of weeks, we're kind of over it or whatever. So at least until you can maybe move past that, oh, my gosh, this dude is just, oh, my goodness. But this is where people get in trouble because you see it, you know it, you feel it, and you don't do anything to stop it. And we see that there's, I'm not going to say a rift between her and Harper, but we see that her and Harper are going through a little hump right yeah, now. Yeah, they're the going house through a little thing. yeah. This whole house thing, so we can see that they're 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 not they're not on the same page, so, right? Because she's and, talking about they moved in the house, but she's talking about how you know they're dealing with the racism, they're dealing with the people giving them the side eye, like, do you really belong here? You know, you're going through. So, so they she you know she gave in and moved into the house, but again, like we said the last review, she's not quite happy. She did it 
in a she did it in a moment of I fucked up and let me make my husband happy. Yeah. But she don't really she never really wanted to move. Yep. And um it's funny you should say that because uh she's at a moment of vulnerability right now because right. of what's going on between her and her husband right now. And I think uh she definitely does need to put a little distance between her and the produce guy. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, again, and that would be, the, that would be even if, if, you know, in the backward situation where it's the guy, if Hopper had a new assistant or a new secretary and he found himself, you know, looking a little bit too hard at her ass or, you know, maybe going out to lunch and have too good of conversation. Okay, I need to maybe find somewhere else for you to work. I ain't gonna fire you because I know that's the situation, but I, it's just too much. I can't, you know, and, and I think it's okay for people to be like, I can't, I don't know if I can control myself. Because unfortunately, we are only human. People do make mistakes. People make bad decisions in a, in a, in a bad space. And when you and your spouse are not in a good space, it's very easy to make those bad decisions. And I'm not excusing cheating. Don't nobody say I'm making excuses because I'm not trying to make an excuse. But what that's I am- That's the reality of it. Yeah, it that's is. the reality. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I, it, it friends who I love them to death, they're my friends, but they've made some bad decisions in their marriages. And it doesn't make them bad people. And it doesn't mean that they don't love their spouse. But unfortunately, you made decisions, especially when you're going through something. So I think what her friend told her was some good advice to say, hey, girl, back up, back mm -hmm. up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, I think uh, we also learned a few things in this particular scene uh, about the produce guy. And I can't remember what the guy's name is. I didn't even try to learn the character's name. But uh, we learned that he has been to this uh, place in Africa where he had uh, learned how to do some farming. And she was so enamored with the fact that he had been to Africa uh, and he had learned how to do the farming and he's bringing the fresh produce back to New York and he's giving back to the community. So it it's painting a picture that he's more aligned with her goals. He's more aligned with what her vision and ambitions are versus her husband. That's the narrative that they're painting because this guy, he's... He comes along. He's got this produce stand. She walks by his produce stand every day to get to her kitchen. And it's like, you know, love at first sight. They're, they're food soulmates. You know, he likes her cooking. She likes his produce. So I think the writers are giving us a little bit of a nudge in the direction that that character is going to go. We think that uh, Robin is probably going to end up succumbing to her... Uh, her weakness for this guy and she's probably going to end up having some type of intimate or inappropriate uh interaction or dealings with this dude i could see that happening i could see them yeah, definitely. I, I definitely feel like we're not done with this i don't know how far it's going to go but i definitely feel like we're not done with this dude and this this situation is definitely not over oh no oh no so we get down to um the stadium and Lance's um, on the field and, you know, uh, the players or some of the players are kind of giving them a hard time, you know, merch and um, Quentin are there to support. They kind of talk about Harper and um, I think that Harper is uh, busy trying to get his next book up and going or writing his next book. So he's kind of right. like in right now. 
Yeah, he sort of kind of probably locked himself into his office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and they're just talking about everything that's going on. And of course, merch again confides in Q about the whole situation with the Karen lady. And, you know, Q's trying to kind of give him some advice because merch is a little naive when it comes to those things. I think he sees people one sided. So, this kind of took him completely off guard, unbalanced. Didn't really know how to handle the situation and q's like well you did record it right he was like uh no and i felt i felt merch right. in that situation. It was like, because sometimes you just don't think like that it happens so fast and you may not necessarily be in that space and for him we could see in the reaction they did a very good job showing us his reaction because he was very off put he was very caught off guard and he was unbalanced. He didn't know how to handle that situation. So I agreed with him on that one. He was like, Do you think I had the foresight to do that? Like, no, I did. Right. And I'm glad that he I'm glad that he did kind of push back on Q because absolutely, like, sir, like anybody thinking about all of that, you know. I'm trying not to get shot. Right. <laughs> I'm trying not to get arrested, you know. So no, I didn't pull out a camera. No, I didn't ask for their badge number. No, I didn't get their names. I just wanted to be away right. from this and situation. And even if and and to be honest, even if they had, even if he had been able to pull out all, pull that out, it still would have, it still wouldn't have gotten the beginning, which is what he needed. He needed it from the beginning that showed that he got to the cab first. He still wouldn't That's have right. had that information. That's right. And but the, the the minute he would have reached for a phone, that would have escalated the situation. No matter who was there, whether the police yeah. had gotten there yet, whether it was with the lady, the second he reached in his pocket for anything, would have escalated that situation even further. So I I really appreciate it. It was real. It, it was a real response to Quinn. Like Quinn, it's easy for you to say that because you weren't involved in the situation. Whereas mm -hmm. for me, I, I didn't have time for all that. I was lucky to get up out of there unscathed. Mm -hmm. So, um, we see that one of the players is giving Lance a hard time, or whatever the case may be, and we kind of foreshadow what's going to happen with this whole situation that this is not going to work out to, uh, in Lance's favor. But there may still be room for him on the team, there may be still an auxiliary alternative, um, thing. If he want, if he loves the game that much and he wants to be involved, why not be assistant coach, you know? Mm -hmm. Because we see he tried the sportscaster thing last episode. We saw that didn't work for him. <laughs> so At all. He has the mannerisms. He has the, the fortitude. He has the ability to make a great coach. I think he would make a great coach. So maybe that's the direction they're going to take his character in. But I don't think that we should have him back out on the field playing anymore. I agree with that. Because there's, there's too much yeah. other stuff that's going on in his life that will be a distraction for that. He's still grieving his wife. He's got gonna have issues with his son right now. So I think there's just a little too much going on in his personal life for him to be focused on his game. So I think he would make a better coach than he would uh athlete at this point. Um Jordan is at work and she's waiting for uh LJ to arrive, and LJ uh arrives like he's on the red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh she's a little shocked. She's a little shocked, but at the same time, she's accepting. And um, you know, and his dress wasn't really over the top flamboyant. It wasn't really over the top flamboyant, but we saw that he did have like maybe makeup on or something like that. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. the way he was dressed, you could tell it was a little bit feminine, 
but not over the top. You know, it's not like he came in there full style cross dressed. You know, but you know, he kind of had his little masculine and feminine spin on it. And um, he announces to uh, Jordan that he's uh, what did he say his gender? How does he identify? He's non-binary. Okay. He's non-binary. So right. he's so he's, he's yeah. free flowing. Yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't identify as male or female. Um, yeah, he's non-binary. So. And so um, she's she has a conversation with him about it, and um, as as his godmother, she's very uh, welcoming, accepting. You know, it just made him really feel good about uh, sharing that with him. You could tell he had been struggling with that and revealing that and he chose to reveal that to his godmother first so uh we saw a bit of relief with him but at the same time when she asked about his dad we knew right then and there that that was not going to be an easy task for him to confront or address that when it came time for his father to find out about this uh that this was going to be something that he needed help with and i think maybe jordan's going to be there for him to help process and help get Lance through this because we know Lance and Lance is a hothead. We know that Lance is going to flip out when he finds out about this. So I think the way they introduced this storyline and it being with Jordan, I think Jordan is really going to be a support system for LJ going forward. I was going to say, I also, she handled it the best way she could. She said, yeah. listen, your mom will be proud of you. I got your back. But you got to tell me that. I'm not going to keep this secret from your father. Right. And I feel like that was the that was that was the best way that he she could have handled that. Like I got your back. I'm gonna support you, and I got you. However, I'm not going to keep this secret from your dad. And the longer it takes for you to share this with your father, you know, you're putting me in a situation where you're jeopardizing my friendship with your father and our mm -hmm. relationship. Exactly. You're going to have to deal with this with your father. You know, I'll give you some time to, you know, figure out how you're going to address this, but you're going to have to tell your father about this. So I, I agree. She handled that the best way she could, but at the same time, she went ahead and gave him that extra boost and push that he needed. Like, listen, you're going to have to deal with this. Um, so we see, uh, I think the young lady's name is Kennedy, uh, Q's daughter, and him are sitting on yeah, the couch. Kennedy. And what is she begging for now? She's begging for another purse or something? Another purse? Another purse? And she really played him to the left with this one. Because you, she was like, I mean, I, I understand because you can never have too many purses. Like, I do get it. Oh, yeah. You should. You should. Uh, you you can't talk, so just... You have, what, about a thousand purses? Yeah. I got as many purses as you have sneakers. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> That's and a actually, lot. I don't have as many purses as you have sneakers. No, you, but I'm you, just you admitted it. Um <laughs> so when she made the comment about uh, all the white girls at the school have this particular right. bag. Again, that, that shows her manipulation because she knows that That's Q triggered. is all about fuck them. The white the white kids ain't gonna have more than you. You know what I mean? She knows it's she's so manipulative. That was the yeah, that was a trigger for him. Like, oh really? Oh, uh, I'm finna borrow you two of them now, right? Because to that point, he was like, "Nope, your mother talked to me. You're not gonna play us. You're not gonna get me in trouble with your mom." And then, as minute she flipped it and was like, "Oh, okay. Oh, wait a minute. They said what? They said what? Oh, okay. 
he did wait a minute yeah he did tell her that no because she initially asked him he said no right he told her no at first yeah, he, he initially no. said no yeah and then that's when she came back and I'm like oh all the white girls at the school have it i'm like really um yep. and then that's when he was like oh uh-uh come on come on let's go let's look at it let's look and that and she was i was like see that's how they get y'all in trouble y'all them daddy's girls because chris i feel like if you had ever had a girl that's exactly how it would be yeah spoiled well a, a child period any child male or female yeah yep my niece is like that right now my niece can call me right now and, and ask me for anything she wants and she'll have it Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know about no i don't know about no birkin bag or no chanel bag but right you know. but, you would, but, but you would you would yeah yeah within my means <laughs> um so we see that uh quentin goes to see his father to tell him about the uh prospective offer that they have and the father is uh on the phone with someone where the father father is vehemently upset and adamant about no we're not going to do this this is my life's work you're not going to get rid of the business you know that you're inheriting but you know i i, I spent my whole life building this business and you just want to give it away and I think there is some mention about the group that wants to buy the business, maybe racist. Right. Yeah, he said something about their racist past or something like that. Yeah, yeah he did mention and that. And he was like, who cares? Their money isn't. <laughs> like, right. Uh, but we also learned from, I guess, his father's personal assistant, maybe, maybe his personal assistant or secretary, um, informs Q that uh, the father had failed a few times and that he had paid her five times um and that um he was having some you know medical issues and q was like word you know so now we're getting ready to see one of two things is getting ready to happen the father is getting ready to just be uh maybe not infirm but uh maybe go through some health issues and quentin's gonna have to step up and take full control of the business um there's something there that they're showing us and i'm not quite sure what they're trying to show us with that is the father getting ready to pass on quinn's going to inherit the business and decide to sell it uh or either or him and his father are going to get close because it seems like there's a little bit of tension between the two of them um so we know that there's more to come uh, concerning q and his father uh, what are your your first thoughts yeah, again, I'm not sure if they're trying to push us towards the dad being like having some sort of dementia or something or because I don't I didn't feel that. I didn't feel like they were trying to say he was like I feel like all his faculties were there. I felt like he was just dealing with getting old, being alone, right? He the mom isn't there and and Q even said that. Q was like, "Yo, if mom saw the house like this and he was like, "Don't you talk about your mother. Like don't don't do that." So yeah. I feel like he's dealing with, you know, I think he's feeling like he's at a, a point in his life where it's like, okay, I, I'm, I'm here. I got this nice house. I got all this money in the bank. My son's taking over the business. He's put it for all lonely. intents and purposes. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, for all intents and purposes. And that's why we saw Kennedy was able to, um, she's, she's brought that spark back. The problem, though, is because she's so manipulative it's all about getting what she wants out of him not i don't know how sincere her attention is yeah yeah 
she because now that she knows that her father is going to be a point of resistance now now i can just go to my granddad and get what I, whatever i want so you're right mm -hmm. there's an agenda there i didn't think about it from that perspective right yep so i think there's more to come with that um they go over to the house uh quentin shares his feedback with his wife and uh again i have to tip my hat to shelby i love how they have reimagined her character yeah um she's the supportive wife she goes over there and you know try to make peace between q and his father and she even goes over and helps clean clean up the house you know so that was right. a, a, a big healing moment for the family it was actually her idea yeah it was her idea to go over there and straighten up the house and you know just be there for him and give the uh, father some company because now that you say that i think that's exactly what it is he's feeling a little lonely and you know let's spend some time with your father during his golden years so i, I really love what they did with that uh again it's this professor and um candace i i, I feel like that that's going to be some trouble for her she need to be on guard around this professor because like you said either her research is at risk of being stolen or he's going to make a pass at her and if he makes a pass at her and with merch going through what he's going through right now that may be a big thing for him to have to deal with if he finds out that this guy's trying to uh you know hit on his wife or make a pass at his wife so i think that's going to be uh, a real big storyline for us um I think we already talked about uh, Merch and him re uh, running into that lady again and him having to relive that moment again. And I think we're going to see that in the next few episodes to come that he's going to continue to relive that moment or uh, until he finds a way to kind of process that. You know, uh, like you told him, he needs a hobby. He needs to do something to, you know, kind of bring his spark back, you know. Overall, I thought the episode was a pretty good episode. Um, I do see where we're going with some of the other storylines, and um, I think that is going to be a big... Uh, I think uh, as the episodes uh, wind down, I think we're going to have some big moments that we're going to be uh, seeing in the next few episodes to come. Yeah. Like I said, we definitely see some of the direction um, where we're going, you know. So I'm definitely here for it. I'm here for it. I haven't watched. Y'all know I don't watch them ahead of time. So now I got to get in here and watch episode five so I can see what's going on. See what's going <laughs> on. And we'll be back to talk to you about episode five. All right. All right. Talk to y'all later. All right. We will uh, see you guys. We'll probably get episode five out uh, maybe next week sometime. So. Uh, drop down in the comments. Let us know what you, your thoughts are overall so far, what you're feeling about the show, um, and what you think is going to happen in the next episodes to come. And we'll see you guys next week. All right. Peace. Peace.